Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Sorry, I kicked you there. kicked me there. Yeah, that's, a, that's a red it's card. A, yeah. that is. What's a yellow, I'd say? Possibly it's orange. Orange. Um, we were joined in the studio <laughs> by... High. Yeah, it was a bit high. It was a bit near the knee. Um, Miles Jupp is a massive cricket fan and an actor and comedian, and he popped in and saw us. Yeah, so we had a nice chat with him. Yeah. Uh, we had a... Quite a bit of a chat about the weekends, various, various stuff. things. Yeah, we talked about, yeah. covered a lot of ground. We found out about an event this weekend, uh, the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. Yeah, that was good fun. And uh, don't ask <clears> me, <throat> of course. Yes, a good effort. Yeah, well, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. So yeah, here it all is. <laughs> This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Well, this afternoon, some exciting news uh, for the uh, youngsters out there. Michael Owen uh, is running his own uh, October half-term soccer school in Dubai. Is he? That's nice, yeah. yeah so you can uh, go out there and he's hosting a football camp for guests. 5 to 15, the Jumeirah Beach Hotel. Sounds good. Um, you don't want to get there towards the end of the week, though, because he doesn't want to get himself injured for the uh, soccer school he's doing a couple of weeks later. That's always the danger. So he uh, may just lightly <laughs> pat the ball about. You know. I get the idea. You get there. the idea with that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Coming up between now and four. What Moth- I'm trying to say is, no, I'm okay. Carry on. Motti's here to look back on the weekend's <laughs> internationals. Andy Brassel tells us what to expect from the next round of qualifiers. And musician and Newcastle fan Sam Fender pops in. He certainly does. Yeah, yeah. We're also, uh, this afternoon, we're taking calls, emails, texts and tweets. Uh, I've got a, a little career move for Andy I'll tell you about. And uh, we've got TV formats for somebody. Ooh. And comedian and cricket expert Miles Jupp joins us in the studio. Uh, there's all this plus a look back at the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. Well, being well. And I'm once again looking for top marks in the weekly guessing game. That is, don't ask me. Don't ask me. That's right, yeah. Uh, mm. Well, here it is, six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, if you text yesterday, people saying to me, well, you're going to rant and rave about England. But I, actually, I I think that it was, it's was. it been a very, very good series. I'm so right. pleased England took it to the final hour. They really put up a, yeah. a great fight yesterday. You know, and it's those two wickets on Saturday night really did for us. I was watching the football and I turned over and I thought, oh, England must have started batting. Turned naught for two. I know, you know? I did it. No. I think the whole country oh, no. did the same thing. I did exactly <laughs> yeah. that as well. So that was very difficult to recover from that. But they, they did all right. And I've sort of been through it and I was thinking, the first test, right? I mean, everyone... Well, we have got Miles Jump coming in. Yeah, in no, but, just, but okay, briefly, you just want to... Briefly. Briefly. Okay, first right. test was 
pretty poor, but they were unlucky with Anderson. They had him at 122 for eight. Yeah, that was a that was a blow. Second yeah. test, once Smith was out the picture, England should have won. And if they hadn't had the Labuschagne as the as the substitute for the first time ever, England would have won that game. Third test, they did win. And fourth test, they took it to the final out. Two crucial mistakes, really. The Jack Leach no ball, a disaster. And the Roy it? drop catch. And the Roy drop catch. You know, yeah. and, and that was it. And so that changed all play. the they, momentum. They deserve. The they deserve to win. Yeah. It. And uh, they bowled very well. And Smith has been freakish. Amazing. Yeah. Honestly, on Saturday I just broke down. Just give him a hundred. Just put it on the board and say, say no need to come in. Your I mean, money's safe, as Jim Byrne would have said. He uses an app that plays the sound of rainwater to help him sleep. Yeah, I know this. Yeah. Yeah, we could have done with a bit of the real thing. <laughs> it's true. I mean, really of all poor. the places where you feel you could count on a little bit of rain, though, yeah. I, I did notice um, that the lights. That, I've heard a few people saying, "Oh, the lights getting worse at Old Trafford." Yeah, there was a bit of that. Wouldn't that have been a joy to have gone yeah, off a light? It but, would have been, but it wasn't yeah. to be. They. Be fair, they deserve to win the Ashes. They've been the better team. They've got the best player, obviously. And, yeah. and they rotated and, and the, the ball thing, as well, didn't they? Yeah, but they were able to. Look yeah. at how unlucky we were with Anderson, with um, Wood, with uh, Ollie Stone. P- Stone. Yeah. You know, so, Stone. Stone. So, all, you know, we had no room for manoeuvre, really. Yeah. And uh, it was just difficult, and our players were a bit tired from the World Cup. So, yeah, all in it's all. It's not been a disastrous summer. No, won a World Cup. You know, and, he, and all this stuff about Root. Look, he's not the best captain. He isn't, but. Well, that is something we will pick up with yeah. Mars Jump. What's yeah. the alternative? Because Jeffrey anyway. Boycott has written a, a I know pretty... Well, not the skate. He likes Jerry Root, but it's, ba- it's actually worse than him being scathing in my eyes. But anyway, we'll talk it's about that. It's hurting his batting. With Mars Jupp, uh, who's a massive cricket fan. He, he will reiterate the story he told in his book, how he blagged his way, uh, or attempted to, through a tour, pretending to be a cricket Marvellous effort, yeah. that. And uh, away from the cricket, uh, the Countess of Wessex, uh, president of the Show Pony Society, wow. was at an event at Burley yesterday, and uh, Neymar was representing Brazil. Was he really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That was definitely coming, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course it was. And strictly judge, ex-strictly judge Len Goodman took part in a charity golf day. Oh. Uh, what do you think he plays off? <laughs> well, I'd say probably about <laughs> ten, actually. <laughs> Wouldn't you? No. I guess he plays off about 10. Seven, oh, yeah, of course. Andy, you didn't need to say that. <laughs> I know, I just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like his catchphrase. I wish it was my catchphrase. What, seven? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just like the way he says it. And, uh, I'll tell you what they could have done. You could have done a very good... Um, I'll tell you what, Andy, if you want to keep saying that, no, let's don't. build some questions this <laughs> afternoon from the talk sport <laughs> listeners, right? Andy, uh, Andy Jacobs... Um, <laughs> Answering the style of Len yeah, Goodman. Andy Jacobs um, will <laughs> play the music and everything as Len Goodman on Mastermind. Especially subject, seven. Okay, your time starts now. Which number did George Best wear for Manchester United? Seven. What, you get the idea. What's your favourite film starring Brad Pitt? Seven. Yeah, you, okay, we can give us some more questions if you like. And we'll uh, and we'll do that for absolutely no point whatsoever. And, uh, and what I've got, this oh, is yeah, a nice idea. Yeah, Would this take off in the Premier League? Uh, Jeremy Wilson wrote a piece in the Telegraph today about um, kind of changes to the way kids are going to be doing sport at schools. They've got the kind of kids to buy into it. Of course, there's an app that teachers can mm. use, but you know, rather than you know what it's we used to it's do, very interesting. Someone um, sort of say, right, go and run around that park, you Herbert. And then you did <laughs> till you dropped. Uh, you know, the, for some reason that doesn't motivate kids anymore. I know, it's the amazing, threat of the slipper <laughs> is as gone, of course. That's it really. So yeah, of without that, you, you get the kids on side, which I think is absolutely and definitely the way to go. So um, one of the things they've talked about, and they said music is a very powerful tool. Um, 
of course, as we find that in people in gyms or they're doing workouts, you know, you, you take a run around the block, you put some music on. So, look, people yeah, have I, found, I found a new thing now. When I'm listening to the TalkSport app in the morning and I'm on the exercise bike, I found that I can, I can play Spotify at the same time. So yeah. I can have Alan talking, but I can still have, like, music going. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a bit mad, but it seems to work. Because music makes you definitely yeah. work harder. I was on the running machine a little while ago, though, and, and kind of most of the music you listen to if you're running tends to be mm. uh, kind of, you know, what you'd expect, you know, and it's kind of, it's on the beat, and so it allows mm. you to run. But something came on that was well off the beat. Wasn't was Dave Brubeck? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, but it was just too slow. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Have you ever heard that song, The March of the Mods? You know, da 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 that didn't come on, did it? No, it didn't come on. I wouldn't have that on my spot if I had a playlist. But I know you're a big fan of my wife's uncle, Joe yes, Loss. But just you try and run to that. In the end, you'd be going, you'd be half paced. Well, you'd be marching, you'd be That's true. So, anyway, there's little bits of music that really mess you up when you run. The theme to Giants, good though, by Calvin Harris. You like that one? Well, most of it, most kind of. Yeah, it's good for it. Most dance music will work. But if there's songs that really throw you out when you're trying to. When you're trying to run to them, uh, do yeah. let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TS, H&J. Oh, the old point of what I was saying there, by the way, was that they've said music is a very powerful tool, uh, and uh, it's including one of the innovations they've got in this new kind of games lessons for kids is the introduction of a power play in football so that goals score, uh, goals score double whenever music is played. So you're playing the match and suddenly a bit of Calvin Harris comes on, or what, Joe Loss, for example, <laughs> and then you score and it's a double goal when the music's on. It's a bit like musical chairs, but with yeah. football, it's a good idea. I mean, it's you know, you tell, well, why do they need that? But obviously they the kids do. Kids are buying it. Yeah. As long as they're keeping fit and they're running yeah, around, it's got to be a good, a good thing, thing, isn't it? The other nice thing in this piece was uh, all the kids that they asked the questions of wanted competition in sport. I mean, a very, very high, I say all of them, but a very high mm. percentage of them felt competition, keeping score in a game, oh, yeah. compared to what was important. Very few of them said, oh, no, no, it doesn't, I don't care who wins. Because that's not, not human nature. No, human it's not. nature, you are competitive. Yeah. People are competitive. Look, well, that's we'll why come was never right. That, that was never right, that situation. But those tunes that really throw you out when you're having a run or whatever, let us know. Talk sport. And what about the idea of, um, I mean, the thing is, if you're one on one with a keeper and you're the home team, mm. the bloke on the PA just puts a bit of music <laughs> on, doesn't he? <laughs> and always a double goal. Who would, you'd have to no, have certain, like a power have, play. Yeah. You'd have to have certain points. When you really when that happened in yeah. the games, the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. Our guest Miles Jupp is having uh, transport issues, yes, so uh, he hopefully will be with us shortly. So until then, we'll wet her on a bit, and uh, <laughs> well, effectively, that's yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. But there was some quite interesting quotes from mm. uh, Ineos's football chief, uh, brother of Jim Bob Ratcliffe. Yeah, uh, he's running the football side. You'll be aware they've just bought into. Nice, and um, we'll be having a chat with Andy Brassler about that, see what, what they've made of that so far. Uh, they've got big plans for the club, they say. And uh, Bob Ratcliffe was saying that they'd looked at uh, options in the Premier League um, they never got quite as far as a conversation with Roman Abramovich. Did you see that? They, I think yeah. they were, I mean, in, in the case of Chelsea and uh, Newcastle, they just couldn't make the numbers work in terms of the valuation. They wouldn't be the first people to look to buy a Premier League club. Yeah, Newcastle, I would have thought, would have worked for them. But Chelsea, I think it was that thing where you don't really want to sell it. I think you just priced it at a ridiculous level and thought, OK, if you want to give me three billion, I will sell it. But otherwise, yeah. I think he's hang he's still definitely engaged in the club at Bramovich. There's no question about it. People like to think he isn't, but he is. He was all the finals and the European games with the Super Cup. Mm. And I think, basically... He's just waiting for either a change of government or a change of 
feeling here so he can come back. I mean, you know, at the moment, he, he can't even come and watch the team play. Yeah. But I suppose if, if Ineos had made a, a you know, a, made the offer he wanted, well, he they, probably would have sold it. If you look at it, you know, they're not... I mean, obviously, he's a very rich man. He could probably afford to go that extra mile. But his feeling was, or their feeling as a business was, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to pay what they felt was over the odds. They looked at the numbers they could generate from the, mm. the money that was being asked. That's quite an odd quote uh, as well. He said, it's pretty difficult uh, to rationalise purchases in the Premier League at this time for us and then. If you look below the top six, they're all £150 million and above, and you're going to write a cheque for £50 million and get in the ever Cup, which at the Everton Cup meaning that yeah, kind of yeah. chase for That's a bit the top six. It's a bit it's cynical, a isn't it? Touch cynical. And <laughs> yeah. I to, you know, not going to get you on side with the Everton fans no. if you ever rock up there and trying to the buy Ev it. The Everton Cup, you know, is changing. It's a yeah. different competition this year, and those in the Everton Cup. I don't think the Everton the, Cup's a thing. No, but it, we know what he's talking about. It could be <laughs> yeah. in the top four cup. You know, the yeah. Everton, Leicester, Wolves. They could Wolves a bit more difficult for them with the Europa, but I think they could all challenge no question about it West Ham are definitely improving yeah lose their flakiness I mean I think we're going to talk maybe tomorrow about the the, the, the TV revenues in this country I mean the top line of of this mm. of a recent report said that um that Huddersfield well it's true Huddersfield made more money from TV last year in relegation uh than Bayern Munich and Juventus mm. because of the nature of the TV deal here but that could change I think things are changing quite a lot in Spain it's going mm. to be a much more lucrative business for the clubs in Spain so maybe they're playing a bit of catch-up my cousin was in New York, my wife's cousin actually, in New York uh, over the weekend, and uh, she sent me a photo of an Argentinian bakery in Queens, that part of New York, Brooklyn where it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, also sells football shirts. It's a much odd combination of uh, Argentinian baked goods and football shirts. Apparently, Argentinian club shirts? Yeah. yeah all, all football shirts? All football shirts. I think they were various. Uh, <laughs> a kind of empanada direct. <laughs> it's quite a strange, strange idea, really. So, there you go. What, what were the nature of the shirts? Did, you, did he take uh, any pictures? Have, well, yes, I'd have to have a look now. But they kind of, I'll no, look in the break. I can't, I can't remember. Classic off ones, or was it like sort of, no, I think sort of Mansfield away this season? Like no. really, really in depth? <laughs> I'd say they looked to have an Argentinian bias, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that would, would be, be great, wouldn't it? A place selling uh, Argentinian uh, baked goods. <laughs> Suddenly, had, like Scunthorpe's third kit for this season. Stuff like well, that. Well, it's, it's possible. There's, there's the restaurants in Buenos Aires where they have, or there's two where they have lots of different shirts from clubs all over the world. Oh, okay. Think, yeah, it's quite, quite, quite a thing. It's Miles exactly. here. Oh, yes, he Miles is here. Look, he's fantastic. He can come oh, straight in. He can come look, straight in. What a incredibly, pro. Incredibly harassed. <laughs> oh, Credit poor Miles. old Miles. Thanks, oh, Miles. Yeah, you've had a, he's had a bit of a disastrous <laughs> journey here, thanks to the oh. transport system. It's but here he is. Just for the Hello. Uh, good <laughs> Hello. to see you. And yourselves. How well are you? done. Yeah, Miles Jump is uh, uh, an actor and comedian. You've just saved the listeners another seven or eight minutes of pain as we oh, really? move <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> yeah. Andy what have you been reduced to talking about? No, we actually... I think you're getting a lot. Andy's cousin, his wife's cousin, has found a bakery in New York, an Argentinian bakery that sells football shirts as well. There we go. That's well, not seems, a bad. Maybe that, that, seems, that seems a starting point for yeah, conversation. It, well, I think, you know Perfect what? I think you're right. Let's, let's see if that, where that leads the uh, <laughs> listeners. We're looking for combo shops. And if you've if you found combo. a shop, if you found a shop that should be selling one thing, but also does a sideline in something else, let us know this afternoon. The village I grew up in, yeah. in uh, Northampton, during my teens, there, were, there was only one shop in it, and they sold uh, it was ice cream and bird tables. <laughs> <laughs> Although the lady, she also did a bit of photocopying. 
If you, oh, if, really? If you asked. That was yeah. the place you went for the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the sort of triangle, the triumvirate, the kind of... Ice cream and, and bird tables. I suppose yeah. as a kid, you were more interested in, in the former, really, weren't you? I think so. Whereas now, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I laugh at the idea of yeah. liking ice cream more than bird tables. Um, talk sport it, it was Real Madrid and Barcelona, primarily. Oh, anybody can sell those, yeah, for yeah. goodness sake. Talksport.com, <laughs> talk text 81089, tweet TSH and JF, and beat Mars for ice cream and bird tables. You, you'll, you'll go some. Um, Miles, you are playing uh, in a, uh, one of in the Wyndham's Theatre uh, this month, one of the uh, Britain's kind of best love actors. Well, I hope he is, yeah. David yeah. Tomlinson, who played uh, Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins. Yeah, Bedknobs uh, and Broomsticks. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, the, the Wooden Horse, another of my favourites. Prisoner oh, of War yeah, story. Yeah, it was a great that he film, was yeah. yeah, and it's a one-man play about his, uh, about his life, really, which is a slightly surprising life. I mean, you associate him with being a kind of stiff upper lip sort of guy, but he had a very... Uh, you know, very difficult life actually. He had a very awful relationship with his father, who turned out to be a completely dishonest man. Uh, he had uh, he had a, a first wife who he married in the Second World War while he was stationed in New York, who he lost in uh, tragic circumstances. Uh, and so he was he was sort of a, a fighter, really. Uh, one of his his third son was um, one of the sort of first children to be diagnosed with autism in this country. So at a time when it didn't really exist as a, mm. as a diagnosis and stuff. So he. Uh, you know, she he had sort of pioneering treatment, I suppose. Um, so someone that you wouldn't, you know, you look at him, you think of this sort of calm, almost sort of yeah. not marbled face, but sort of unflappable. And he he was relatively unflappable, but he's also someone that seemed to. He's got this lovely autobiography he wrote called "Luckier Than Most," uh, <laughs> which is a much nicer time. You know, a lot of actors of that generation have autobiographies called things like "To Be Honest," or yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, mm. which is only one step up from <clears throat> my, my story, yeah, or that's my true. early life, <laughs> yeah. my, the, the, my spin. His, the, his story <laughs> has emerged, I take it, from uh, from a book. Well, from partly from the book, but also yeah. from um, his uh, sons, actually, and. Um, his wife, who the the author James Kettle, is a man I've worked with loads. He's mm. the head writer on the News Quiz, and we've done lots of things together. He actually, after he'd done about three or four drafts, he um, someone said, "Oh, I know his son Henry," and uh, he put them in touch. And he went round and had dinner with them, and they told him loads of stories. Wow. Oh, that's good. They were completely unproprietorial about it. They were saying, <clears throat> "I mean, don't, I mean, say if this. If we're being unhelpful, we can back <clears throat> off. I mean, it's your story. Tell it." They said to the person who was writing a play about right. their dad, "It's your story. Yeah. Tell it. You yeah. must tell it the way you want to tell it." So that was quite useful. There was stuff that wasn't in the book that came did, in, did and they go into showbiz. Super. Sorry, did they go into showbiz at all? Uh, yeah, one was an actor, Jamie, and Henry. Still, he's a first AD, so he's you know okay. he's the big wow. he's the big boss out there. So playing real people, one, that... one is a judge. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Have they have they have they been to see the play yet or tour? They've been in yeah, three of them have. Yeah, they've mm. been they've been great. No, I mean they wouldn't dream. I, in, they, as I say, they're sort of unprepared. They wouldn't say, "Oh no, we couldn't come in the rehearsals." No, well, let's watch the show and see it. And then um, uh, David's uh, uh, widow Audrey, uh, who's in her, is about eighty four. She, uh, she came uh, to the press night when I did it. I did it at the Park Theatre after a tour at the beginning of the year, mm. uh, and I had met her. Before, but that was that was completely amazing. Actually, and we we're all very sort of starstruck. Yeah, by her really. But they've been really um, no, they've been nothing but delightful. And so it's transferred to the West End, which is always nice, of course. That's a, a nice treat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're just doing a week. We're going. I'm in Cambridge this week, um, starting tomorrow. I did a week at the Bath Theatre Royal. And then we go so straight off the back of Fleabag, a very different sort of show. Yes, yeah, in, yeah. in a number of ways, <laughs> apart from it being a sort of one person. Uh, uh, show uh, so in off the back of that for, for for a week before I think uh, Man in the White Suit 
the oh. opens there, which is right, okay. So it is. It's a. It's you. It's you on stage as David Thomas, and that's. It's a kind of monologue. yeah. I mean, okay. all characters are him. I mean, there's lots of you know Disney's in it, and uh, briefly yeah. uh, uh, Julie Andrews is in it. It's you know the, the different uh, family members, but it's it's me being him. And so all, any per- other character in it is is me playing David Thomas and playing them. How I was suppose. he cast in Mary Poppins? Is, in, is that well, something had, going to? By that point, he would have been in probably high 50s number of films, mm. he, you know, almost from the sort of studio days. Yeah. So he would have been uh, quite a familiar face, I suppose, uh, but not necessarily to, to American audiences. Uh, but he had also, he had met Disney year before. Sometimes you get a job and you think, mm. oh, and you've, you've realised, oh, it's that person that turned me down for that yoghurt commercial 12 years ago, <laughs> whatever, they, you know, uh, whatever it might be. He had been in the, in the 1950s, he'd gone out for dinner with Disney uh, to talk about a particular film and uh, said something that slightly uh, uh, was more in line with the English sense of humour than the American sense of humour. It all went rather quiet and that was the end of that. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, ten over a decade later, Disney thought, no, that guy would be right for this. So he remembered. He remembered, he remembered that gang yeah. that died on its backside. When a gang dies on its backside, don't feel. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that's in vain. Yeah. Well, that can happen with all... I remember going years ago for a general meeting for an audition. It was a really hot day. It was... T- t- and... Uh, I was just, as in you go and meet a casting agent for the first time, it was a really hot day. I thought, I don't know what to do about this. I'm going to be an absolute mess. I'm going to be a real mess. I tried to sort of find linen clothing and everything. And I got to this place in Teddington. And I went and said, hello, I'm Miles. I'm a young actor. I'm very keen to do. And I was just dripping with sweat. And I thought, oh, this is just absolutely hopeless. And they said, oh, while you're here, would you mind, can we just film you for one of the Harry Potter films? And so I said, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I did it, and they said, yeah, great, can you play this weatherman? And then the thing came through, it turned out the weatherman is a weatherman talking on an incredibly hot day. Um, <laughs> Are you playing it brilliantly? And as it turns out, that's what they wanted. Yeah, they were like, so when I first got it, they were like spraying loads of sweat. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, because the weatherman's really sweaty today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see, there is some sort of... Yeah, it's lovely 12 years later, the guy yeah. says, let's get the sweaty English guy I wonder, if he's, <laughs> wonder if he's still got that trouble with his paws. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get him back. But you, I mean, you've done stand-up, you've done... Is, has the acting sort of taken over more now? Well, at the moment, say? I suppose I'm getting... I'm 40 now, and I'm just trying to think about, you know, narrowing things down a yeah. bit and what do I really like. And I do really like doing it. I mean, doing a one-person show is is very difficult in a number of ways. Uh, partly just, you know, go out of the dressing room at the interval and it's only you there, and you think, yeah. oh, where's, you know... I want Lack of camaraderie. Yeah. Just want, yeah, well, I love... I, <clears> you know, the, <throat> like, I suppose people that leave sport, it's, oh, the dressing room, I can't bear not being in the... You know, they miss the changing rooms. And, and there is an element like that. I do love being part of a team, and I, and I love that aspect. I used to like it in the stand-up circuit. You know, four of you would go to Birmingham for three days, mm. just hang around together, and it was all sort of fun and jolly. When you start doing shows on your own, you think, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when's it starting at the Wyndhams? Then? 16th of September at the Wyndhams. OK. And it starts tomorrow at Cambridge, Cambridge Arts Theatre. Uh, the Life I Lead, it's called. The Life I Lead Brilliant. by Mr James Kettle. Go and check it out. It sounds really good. And, of course, we spoke to you about your excellent book. It's a really one of my favourite cricket books, Fibber in the Heat. Oh, thank you. Yes, quite yeah. a long time ago. Well, you pretended. Was, you blagged your way, didn't you, through a, through a tour? I just, I, in fact, I just got sent. Chris Addison, who was in the, the thick of it, yeah, well, much, much more than I was. He just, <laughs> he sent me, the day that we were out for 67, he said, I know this is a bad day, but this might cheer you up. And he mm. sent me a picture he he was somewhere at a, a camp on the uh, on the east coast of Afri- Africa on a, on a river, and there was a camp there, and there was a little bookshelf there with a few books in, and Fibber in the Heat had made it ah, uh, all the way there. So that That's was a very that was a very charming thing to see. Um, yeah, that was because I, I, I did I did them um, view from the boundary a few the Saturday at Lords when um, mm. uh, Archer hit Smith, 
I was there, and I was there talking about it with Angus, and I suppose now there's a little distance about mm. it, and, uh, you know, at the time it was slightly, probably quite irritating behaviour for some of them, um, <laughs> in that I was just sort of wandering around uh, lying. But, yeah, it was, in re- in retrospect, it was a fun, Have they forgiven a fun you thing now, to do. all those journalists you were on that tour with? Well, some of them I'm very good friends with yeah. now and get on with really well, and some of them presumably just sort of... Yeah, not, it's one of your I, earliest acting jobs, if you think about yeah. it. I suppose. Yeah, yes, it would have been, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope the range has slightly improved since <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. But it, it was, yeah. It was sort of Archie Panto than that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so that was the more sort of naturalistic, realist one. That was yeah. a chance for me to be a bit like Mike method. Lee. Yeah, you could go in and yeah, you could be more Mike yeah, Lee. Yeah, it just, <laughs> That's uh, quite nice. And you yeah. turned it into a show, didn't you? Well, it was a show first, yeah. I did Because yeah. I did yeah. it in uh, Edinburgh, yeah, and then I did it. I ended up doing two tours of it. I like to do it, really. I mean, this... The play I'm doing at the moment, that sort of sense of being on your own doing a thing and drawing people in and that has a narrative to it. This is the first time I've done a, a one-man show like that since Fiverr when mm. you start telling a story and then various strings come tight at various yeah. various points. So, um, But I did like doing that that show to the point where I thought I knew, although it was against the cricket background, mm. I, thought, I thought, and I'd never had that feeling before, if you don't, if you're not sure about this, I will. I can get you with this, and you turn up to somewhere that they, they weren't expecting that show, and you start <laughs> doing it, and you think, no, I think we're going to be all right here. <laughs> so um, I just showed you Jeffrey Boycott's piece in the Telegraph today, yeah. where he says, "I like Joe. He's a lovely lad, Joe, but he's not a captain for me." Um, how are you viewing his captaincy? I mean, we were talking about this earlier on, Andy and I, off air, and uh, who else could do it? You know, you could. That's not. That's not. There's lots of candidates. Yeah, because there is that up, thing. Is there? On that, I don't know if it was the recent Peterson documentary or a more or an older one. That thing about saying, "Why did you accept the England captaincy if mm. you were so unsuited?" He said, "Because it's a job you can't say no to." Yeah. And I don't know if they, if they've been able to sort of keep it hush. Are there instances of people saying, "I just can't"? It's not. This is really going to be really unhelpful mm. if I do it. And you know, being as a sort of being being the best batsman in a team, that is a job. That's all. That's already a job. And it's about if you can if it's going to add value. You know, Mike Brearley plus captaincy. That's, you know, that obviously boosts him. He's an yeah. exceptional case or whatever. But someone like John T. Rhodes, you could look at his batting average and stick 15 on it for his fielding or mm. 20 maybe, mm. uh, you know, per per innings. With with Joe Root, you know, he's sort of bringing it, you know, his batting average has gone down. It's mm. not it's done the, you know, not like the Gooch effect where it just sort of shoots up or uh, it, it's the opposite with him. And I think that's, you know, you really want that to be his strongest suit and him, you know, that that sense of him being in the big four with uh, Williamson and, and Smith and Coley, that's sort of on the wane now, and that's really just... Yeah. Big, I think that's because of his captaincy. And he, but as I was saying, Simon Hughes, very excellent analysis of what Steve Smith does, and basically mentioned the top four, and the three of them, Coley, Williamson and Smith, all do the same thing. They all step across. Their first move is to step across the stumps and take out the corridor of uncertainty. And he says... Root just isn't doing this, and he said this is what's costing him. You know, and it was it was an interesting point. I mean, I, I have a feeling though that they they have bowled incredibly well to him. The ball on Saturday night, I think, would have got most people out in the world. Might even have got Steve Smith. Out. <laughs> yeah, that was Nick Sainz. Yes, the uh, there was a good piece, uh, Hussein and uh, Ponting, just about his sort of yeah, very specific about the weight. You know, being on needs to be on the front of the foot and stuff, and he's moving earlier than he used to, but then somehow having mm. less time. Uh, and it's that that initial movement has sort of changed slightly because he did change. He changed his, yeah. his, his the way his stance during the during a game, didn't he? And then nicked off. It's you know, I mean, they are just being tested at the best level. And you think if you've got to go away and talk about oh, so and so, he's a bit injured, and can you can so and so only bowl twelve overs because of his knee mm. or whatever? You think 
You, you can't be in the, the nets doing you know, the thing you want to do. Selfish thing that you need yeah. to be a top player, no yeah. question about. But it's weird though. Someone like Coley. I mean, Coley's batting focus is clearly. Ext- I mean, Smith, in a way, the going away that's made him better in a way because yeah. he's so desperate to prove himself that, you know, to get back from that sort of abject weeping apology in the airport, you want to, you know, that sort of powered him on. And uh, but when he was captain, he focused incredibly on his batting. But I think it's just there's something about the nature of it. I don't know if it's to do with the amount of support he has, but it is affecting him because he's an amazing, amazing player to yeah. watch, Joe Root. And we talk about captaincy being instinctive, and we saw an example of it yesterday when. Australia is starting to get a little bit panicky, you know, towards the last hour, into the final hour, and then he brings on Labuschagne, and you think, yeah. well, that's a bit of an odd move, but it worked. Yeah. And that's what good captaincy is, that thing where you just have that feeling of trying something different, whereas with Root, you get the idea it's he's going to bowl five overs, then he's going to come on and bowl five overs, and then the other one's going to go come on and bowl five. It's all mm. predetermined. There's no real feel of, well, let's try this. Well, let's try that, you know, and I, th- I, th- I think the, all the best captaincies had go on their instinct. Because it's also so different to captaining in any other sport, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of the actual level of micromanaging that's required of you. It's not like, oh, remember that thing you said at training yesterday, you guys sort of moved forward a bit. Uh, I'm sure it's a bit more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah. But, in, in, you know, in a sort of team sport that's sort of, you know, non-stop 90 minutes kind of thing, you're not making those sort of decisions, whereas this the sort of stop-start nature of it. I do also wonder if wicket-keeping must be a really good position to captain from because you're just uh, even if you're feeling at first slip you're not as in the game as you are as a mm. wicket keeper you're seeing so much of the game especially if you're keeping against spin bowlers you're seeing so much of the game from the wicket from the batsman's perspective almost you can get a real sense and if you if you're down there sort of keeping watching you can think well sort of Manus would be quite good here or you know, mm. Labuschagne or whoever it might be you know just have a sort of sense of people that could 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 come that's on. an interesting point that's a yeah. case for of course Butler who has captained the one day team and has a good cricket brain and maybe because he's, you know, he can keep wicket and yeah. trouble is well, there are so can folks. I mean, we've got. If oh, you're, yeah, we've got what you're looking for. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of wicket keepers. A lot of number sixes. Yeah, it's not. That's, that doesn't attain me. I was uh, in a found myself in a in a car recently with a very highly regarded former international uh, wicket keeper, and I mm. said, batting and everything aside, who is better out of Butler and Bairstow? And he said, Butler is a better keeper. Really oh, interesting. He was quite insistent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And you'd probably argue folks is better than both of them. He is better. Well, he's magical, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But he hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket and no. he hasn't had a great summer. Well, well, no one has this summer, though. No, no that's, no, that's very true. Great. And I think the focus now, they've said, now Bayliss is going this week, the focus will move back onto red ball. They've ticked we off the We don't need to win Cup. a World Cup again for 20 years. Let's just focus yeah, that's on it. red it's ball. Just, we want to win the Ashes Messing about. Miles, good to see you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm sorry for being late. No Thank problem. Wyndham Theatre uh, starts September the 16th. Catch him in Cambridge before that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. 
We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, that's never happened to me before. That's the first. I'm staring at someone. I've, she's been in here for about three or four weeks. And she's been in here before. I know who it is. I've said her name three or four times today, and I'm just looking at Anna going, no, I'm afraid I cannot. <laughs> it's like gone. One, that's like one of mine. It's, go- it's press, gone. Press I should do Don't Ask Me it's For a, You. It's a senior moment. Uh, Andy, talking <laughs> of which, I was just wondering mm. uh, today, uh, I looked down the, the list of top ten influences in this country, and there's a I few not, am familiar I in there? names. Joe Suggies, oh, uh, yeah. your old mate Chelsea Clark. Yeah, Who? exactly. Um, they're all there. Craig Thompson, uh, you know, all your close friends, of course. Uh, Pie is number one, isn't he? Saffron Barker, she's there, Andy. I know you're a big fan, oh, big yeah, friend. Tremendous, yeah. uh, she's on Strictly, isn't she? Colin Furs, he's there, old Colin. So, um, <laughs> but you're not, Andy. You've not made the top oh, that's ten. Great You've not pity, made the top really, ten uh, yeah. influences in this country. And it did make me think that they, obviously they are catering very much for a certain market. I look next door and I see uh, some of the younger members of our team, and obviously uh, the Furs and the uh, our old mate Jezza Lynch is in there, though. Of course, freestyle, oh, yeah. freestyle, yeah, Jeremy. Excellent. We're someone we, we do actually Brilliant, know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, it, it's a shame that there isn't a kind of. There isn't a kind of silver influences market where you could go out and influence people to do different I could, things. I couldn't influence anybody to do anything. But, you know, why, well, why isn't there? I mean, why is it always... Why are only young people getting influenced? Why can't you influence people, Andy? I, don't know. I mean, you're a bit of a style counselor. Well, you know, I don't know. I've never, never really tried. You're have, a young man for your have years. Have I had any Len Goodman questions from the first... 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't think we have. We were trying to have the Len Goodman on um, Len Goodman on Mastermind, weren't we? That's right. We're basically the answer to everything is seven. seven. I yeah. think one, of the, one or two of the listeners came through uh, with suggestions, but I, I suppose it kind of runs out of legs quite quickly as an idea, doesn't it? Really? I was quite fascinated by this letter sent to the Sunday Times sports section yesterday by Ganesh Krishnan of Minnesota. He says, uh, banning bouncers is an extreme suggestion which robs cricket of a legitimate form of attack. I think we all agree with that. <coughs> Excuse me. I suggest that uh, the pitch be lengthened by a foot or so to blunt the viciousness of bouncers. This disadvantage to bowlers will be fully compensated by the additional distance batsmen have to cover to make a run. I was thinking, yeah, but what about me? My my bowling won't even get up the other end if you make the pitch longer. <laughs> Can't have longer. Uh, no, Ryan Broom, um, he scored at the weekend. Mm. Um, it was Cheltenham versus uh, Stevenage. And I wondered if there was any TV formats uh, in it for him. They're probably quite limited, aren't they, Ryan Broom? <laughs> you got yeah. any? Uh, well, I'd have to think about it. He's thrown that at me completely. <laughs> That's ridiculous. A new broom? Um, Is it like a makeover show? Yes. Yeah? Uh, That's probably it, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, clearly not. I don't like the idea of that at all. Just one TV format. (laughs) I'll give it uh, some thought. Now, um, the old ancient Mm. art of uh, sledging, mainly from the Australians, was normally fairly brutal, wasn't it? But apparently Mm. Matthew Wade, uh, this is what he gave out to uh, Joffre Archer the other day. He was uh, chirping away and um, he had played uh, for the Hobart Hurricanes. So as he came out, he said, do you hear about Joffre going to Adelaide Strikers next year? (laughs) 
very loyal. When you start questioning <laughs> players' loyalty... In what, in a T20 competition? Yeah, in a, in a, yeah, in a franchise T20 <laughs> competition. Yeah, I've really got our, our, uh, under Archer's <laughs> skin, that would have done, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, and he wouldn't have been happy about that at all. And uh, Harry Styles, apparently, this was an interesting one, he, uh, he was having a kickabout with his mates uh, when some passers-by were very impressive, obviously didn't really realise who he was, and yeah. said, do you want to play for us, mate? And he went, oh, OK. And he scored twice in the first ten minutes. So he's what he's joined a Sunday team or something. Oh, apparently, yeah. Doesn't say. Doesn't name it. It's very scant of detail. Yeah. This so particular he, piece. He's playing. Was he playing in the street, Harry Styles? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, having a I kick mean, around with in their mid twenties. Have a kick around. Well, in he the said he was having a kick around with mates when impressed in a park. I'm guessing. Well, it says when impressed passers-by in East London. Asked him to play for their team. Hackney Marshes. Could Probably, have been. Yeah. Maybe a game on Hackney. You fancy a match, mate? It's only a friendly. Not going to get in yeah. trouble with the league. I'll tell you what, if he got booked, he could have said Harry Styles. <laughs> the ref would have sent him off to take him a bit of a target, I would have thought, on, on the pitch. They wouldn't, would they have known who he was? Well, he's quite, he's quite famous. Okay, fair enough, yeah, I suppose. Talking of uh, very famous people, mm. was it good to see Des Lynham back? Only doing an ad for yeah. a supermarket. But it was great. He was looking great. I, it was a thing for Andy, prices that take you back. Andy, yeah. I think that could well be a, an old picture they've just uh, superimposed. What, the, not. The, the microphone? Yeah, no, think, just... Uh, do you think that's Des well, now? He, he's got a supermarket microphone on. Do you think that's Des now? I mean, they, I can, do thing, they can do things like that. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, on the system. Uh, well, he looked quite old a few years ago, so I don't know if it's... That's not Des. That's Des is about 1986. <laughs> right. What's wrong with you, man? No, it isn't. You're never going to be an influencer. <laughs> that's not Des now. It might be. It's, it's great. That's, well, blimey, he's got the oil of Ule on then. <laughs> or is it Ole these days? Since they went to Spain. And um, Michael Owen, who's on oh, with yeah. that Alan tomorrow morning. Alan and Sam Allardyce. That should be lively. Eight o'clock, Michael's yeah. coming in, and he's been not that complimentary. Well, probably about anybody if you only read the serialisation. Sure, he has been complimentary about someone. But Sam... Didn't come out of it massively well, no. so there could be a bit of edge in the studio. I don't know if the Queen's going to be on as well with them, but he says that he was given a rollicking, Michael, by the by Queen. By the Queen? At Ascot. Uh, they were in a lift, and uh, I thought perhaps she was annoyed to be beaten by one of Michael's horses. You know, she's quite competitive, the yeah. Queen. It's about, again, is this another story that's scant of detail? No, no, it's not that scant of detail. Do you want the full? I'll well, give you I just the, want, I'll give I mean, you the okay. full detail. You've just said the Queen's in a lift with Michael <laughs> Owen and she had a go at him. Okay. The first question is <coughs> what about? Why did she have a go at him? Okay. Uh, when, this is a quote from Michael Owen. When she walked into the royal lift, there were perhaps 15 of us standing outside. Come on, she said, we can all squeeze in. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's, that's good, isn't it? Being the first one, I obeyed while also taking my hat off. I thought that was the correct etiquette. If you'd put your hat back on, I don't know I'm doing the Queen, she then said... <laughs> Are you doing the Queen? Not really. With voice raised, we might all be able to fit in this lift. Oh, she got quite annoyed there. I sound a bit because, more like Prince Philip. <laughs> because he, he took the hat off. Yes. And he was... And he was taking a bit... Sort of too much room, and he's got a, has he got a big head? He, well, no, you know, if, if you're holding a top hat, yeah, well, it doesn't bear too much. It's, it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's know, a common. You're taking problem. up more space than Depends if you're wearing. If you, hold it. if you hold it like you're just about to punt a rugby ball yeah. the way you were then, <laughs> it's slightly different. <laughs> yeah. How do you hold a top hat when you take it off under your um, arm? Let's get on old Martin Ellis Jones. No, let's not. When you're holding a top hat, look at me, man. How many times have I done that? I've never worn a, I've never worn anyway, a top hat. Anyway, he said he was mortified to put his hat back on. Just that few years in the Guns N' Roses <laughs> tribute act. But I've never, have you ever, I mean, I've never worn a top hat. That's one of those things. I've, have you yeah. ever worn one? Only for my wedding. 
You went, you went the full Monty. Oh, the full Monty, yeah. Fantastic. Although that wasn't, that was kind of the fashion then when you got married, wasn't it? People were still wearing them as a <laughs> matter day of course. to day. <laughs> it was the look. It's a bowler, often a bowler. During the, some of the people in bowlers, some of the people yeah. in the top. Uh, yeah, I watched the Red Zone last night. The, my favourite, the best hour of television, uh, sports television. Oh yeah, the Red is, Zone is the yeah, claim, yeah, and it is fan. brilliant. Yeah, but I couldn't find it. I was saying, where is it? I was going up and down. This. Then I looked up and there was some very unhelpful stuff online saying, oh, it's gone behind a paywall. I was saying, oh, no. Is it really? It's really depressing. And then I found it on Sky Mix 121. An old Sky Mick. I know. It was way away from everything <laughs> How much else. did Sky Mick pay for it? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, um, it, yeah, it was pretty exciting as usual. And the, the Browns, what a record they've got. They haven't won their season opening game for 16 years. Wow. And they didn't yesterday either. So they got... Absolutely trounced. Maybe the cowlies need to go there. That could be the secret. <laughs> the cow. Yeah. yeah, we'll find out they have. They've gone there. Now, Talk Sport have teamed up with Bachelors Peas to give away a pair of tickets to the Betfred Super League Grand Final. Lovely. Always a sensational Old evening. Old yeah. Trafford, yeah. So uh, head to talksport.com forward slash competitions to be in with a chance of being at the final at Old Trafford on the 12th of October, as well as winning a behind-the-scenes tour of the stadium and £250 worth of shopping vouchers. That's all thanks to Bachelors Peas, the UK's at number one mushy pea I just brand. remember the other, the other day I can't remember I think Romish was in we had a few photos taken and I put them on Instagram oh yeah and our producer should have told me that my trousers were really riding up with wear I look peculiar <laughs> I didn't notice and, that yeah I put the photo and Stephen Hendry follows me on Instagram says to me, snooker Stephen Hendry snooker Stephen Hendry who else he said to me <laughs> are you wearing jodpers <laughs> I looked and I said yeah I, I do look a bit Ruby so Walsh where, where are they I'll show you. Did they, 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 did it look like you were wearing a cod piece or you meant they'd gone up your leg? <laughs> they just ridden up with wear, actually. Okay. Even there, yeah. Can you see that? Of course. Caught the eye of Stephen Hendry. Have a look. Let's have a look. See, like I'm wearing a jodpot. <laughs> it's because they're a tight trouser. I bought those in no, Japan. They look, they're a bit of an odd trouser. They look like those. you're wearing sort of, I don't know what it is, not doublet and hose. <laughs> <laughs> just a strange thing. You think the like producer a, could have said to especially me, with that pull your trousers down. It's in. quite Elizabethan oh. look you've got going on there. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now, every year in uh, Ramsbottom in uh, Lancashire, they have the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. And, of course, that, that film this weekend. Uh, we've seen pictures, and, mm-hmm. haven't we? We have, of giant Yorkshire puddings. Amazingly, this dates back to the War of the Roses. So wow. it really is an old, old tradition. Our next guest hosted the event. Uh, Alison Stretton joins us. Hi, Alison. Hi. Yeah. So uh, there, there, we've seen some. I think people may have seen pictures today in the papers. There looks like giant Yorkshire puddings that people are lobbing black puddings into. Uh, where'd you get the giant Yorkshires from? Um, somewhere in Bury, I think it was. Wow. And they're all, they're, they're proper Yorkshires. <laughs> they look they? like they're they're not, you could eat them. Are they they're not plastic ones? Oh, yeah, they're Aunt Bessie's. Oh, are they? Oh, wow. Well. Okay. Oh, I like yeah. them, Aunt Bessie. I bet, good. To, I bet they changed the settings on the machinery <laughs> to make those. <laughs> like a sort of giant Yorkshire pudding. So what's what's the skill then, Alison? How do you, how do you, is, it, is it distance? Is it accuracy? How does it work? So you have to, you have to throw the uh, black pudding up to the Yorkshire pudding. It's based on a scaffolding. And you have to throw it up to the highest tower and knock uh, Yorkshire puddings are all stacked up and you have to launch the black pudding up and um, knock up, try and knock as many as you can off. Oh, okay. And if there's, um, if you knock the most off, then obviously you go in front of people that have already knocked most off and then you, that's how you become the world champion. 
And do you, do, you, do you turn up with your own black pudding or are they supplied on the day? No, yeah, they're supplied on the day. Okay. And it's, they are proper a, black, black puddings, yeah? Yes, they are. It's a pound to go for three uh, three shots. Oh, okay. Um, and Andy was saying goes back to the War of the Roses. What's what's the story there? Has anybody looked at the history of it completely? I haven't, no, but what I was told, because we've only been in the pub uh, just under a year, and um, what I believe is when Lancashire and Yorkshire was having their battle, mm. um, they'd run out of... Um, um, they'd run out of um, ammunition right. and uh, <laughs> they were using Yorkshire puddings and black puddings to throw at each other. Really? So that's what it came I could see a black pudding being quite lethal, but a Yorkshire pudding is not going to do any oh, damage maybe, at all. Maybe that's what did for... Oh, yeah. Well, unless there's one cooked by myself. That's what it did for Richard yeah. III, ultimately. Maybe he was taken out by a black pudding. And it, you'd expect to see that in some kind of painting. There's some you? spectacular photos of the Yorkshire puddings flying off the uh, scaffold as they're hit by a black pudding. You wouldn't think that could happen, but there you go. Yeah, it you does. You get it, if you sit right, they fall off. I love the fact there's a fella here throwing a black pudding and he's got safety goggles on. That's so 2019, yeah. isn't it? I, I bet they never used to wear safety goggles in the old days. Well, I saw that. Are they oh, safety no. goggles? They were like a pair of Timmy Mallets. Is he, are they, is he just wearing a pair of sort of oversized glasses? I don't think... No, they're not, Andy. They're not safety goggles. Look. They're, they're kind of joke sunglasses. Oh, I think they're safety goggles. No, of course they're not. You can see there's no there's no elastic round the back of him. He's, he's a comedy turn there. So how did you get involved with this uh, competition? By becoming the, the landlady of the pub, is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, apparently it started off in Stubbins and then it moved to into Ramsbottom, which Stubbins is not far from here, it's just mm. around the corner. And then it's um, it moved to Ramsbottom and they've done it at this pub ever since. When you took I on bet. the pub, did you did yeah. you say did you know that a black pudding uh, competition every year was part of the deal or not? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's... we were so looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you know who the win- <laughs> the winners uh, was? He a local lad who won the men's competition. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure who won it. Right. Um, but it, I know it was a different person to that has won it um, in yeah. the previous years. Yeah, there's I think it was Tom Loughton. Tom Loughton was the winner, yeah. There's a lad. Oh, they right, gave him okay. a flat cap to wear just so he sort of fitted in with the northernness of the whole thing. Oh, oh, called, Hussein used to... I think it, it was, I was looking at this, a lad called Hussein won it for about uh, five or six years. He was mm. the king. Maybe he didn't turn up this year and let and let Tom in. So, uh, right. so and a good good turnout. I suppose you get a lot of people coming into the town to watch it, don't you? Oh, yeah, there was thousands of people. Absolutely thousands of people. And there, it was a great atmosphere... And there's just people all over the streets and in the back of the uh, pub car park. Uh, we had bands on in the back. Uh, we had food on. Um, we saw, you know, sold lots of food and um, beer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. And what happened to the giant Yorkshires? I mean, they're kind of like the size of a coracle, size of a small boat. I mean, what do they, what do they do if they didn't get eaten? Did they? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> would, they wouldn't be <laughs> fit <laughs> for eating. They're not. Yeah. There's a health and safety nightmare. And the black puddings, I suppose they're all right. They're in their own little case. They're not going to hurt anybody. You can eat them, mm-hmm. can't yeah, you? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I'd like to think so. All right, Are so, you a fan of the black pudding? You like it as in something to eat? Um, <laughs> as opposed to a weapon? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I do like black pudding, but it's going to be uh, very crispy. Yeah, okay. Andy, you're very fussy. But you're not a fan of the black pudding. Definitely not. No, No. sensational. No, no, not for you. Not for me at all. Very fussy eater, Alison. Thank you very much. All the best. 
No problem. Thank you very much. You too. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then, five questions based on last week's shows for Andy. Can I get five out of five? How are you feeling, Andy? Fresh? Oh, very confident. Good. Um, why did we speak to Nigel Smith on uh, Friday? Because he was arranging at his pub a gathering of Nigels because he feels the name is dying out. That's absolutely correct. Well done, Andy. No, no, one that's out the sort of stuff one. we do on this programme, Sam Matterface. <laughs> why did we speak to Toby Osman, uh, a former Chippenham player, uh, on Thursday? Why do we Why speak did to we speak to Toby Osman, a former Chippenham player? Yeah. Can I say one of his old teammates we were chatting about? I was going to say, he hasn't formed a group called the Osmonds. <laughs> no, he hasn't, no. He's Russell's lad. Is oh, that going to help Russell you? Osmond, oh, yes. I'm going to help you now, oh, aren't I, Sam? Uh, giving you... Somebody who's been picked for England or somebody who knows. Oh, Andy, come on, you can get this. You can do it, Andy. Who was it? Toby Osmond, he knows him very well. Was it Mason Mount? It was Tyrone Mings, oh, his old teammate. Ramesh Ranganathan's sitcom is called... The Reluctant Landlord. Uh, why did we speak to the Grimsby Borough Manager uh, last week? <sighs> why did we speak to him? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm asking question. you, Andy. Uh, the Grimsby Borough Manager, we spoke to him. Yeah. Um, no? No. Uh, the coach uh, well, oh, yeah, crashed. It broke down broke there to down walk, there to walk six, six miles singing Proclaimer songs. Oh, and uh, for how many hours did Blunham Cricket Club play? 186. 168. <laughs> <laughs> and on Great. that bombshell. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Yeah. That was, you, were, you were so close with the Tyrone <laughs> Mings Mason Mount business. I know. So close. Grimsby Borough. Some of it, you know, was a bit hazy. Yeah, some of it hazy. Hazy. Yeah. So, uh, that's us. Uh, we are uh, back tomorrow from one. Thanks, as always, for downloading us. to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.